0: Good evening, and on this beautiful evening, we welcome all our guests and visitors uh, this evening, and uh, uh, once again, this is a wonderful parish because uh, it's made up of wonderful people. You know, it's not buildings, it's uh, not grounds, it's people, mm-hmm. and uh, it, this is a wonderful Perish because so many wonderful people do so many wonderful things for one another. So we do welcome our guests and our visitors. You know the Word of God is a lamp to our feet. It's a light. When we allow the Word of God to enter our heart and mind uh, we begin to see things differently we begin to see from the eyes of faith and not just simply the worries and cares of the world. And that's why it's so important to read your sacred scripture and to know the word of God. And uh, you know, when you read sacred scripture, you want to find a quiet place where the word can speak to you And you always begin with the prayer to the Holy Spirit to enlighten your mind, to inflame your heart, to open your heart so that it might receive the word of God. And then you begin to read. And, you you know, when you read sacred scripture, it's your prayer book. You're not studying it, you know. You're not a, uh, you're not, parsing words. You're trying to find Christ. And it may well be that after two or three lines of reading one line just strikes you. It hits your heart. Well, stay there and talk to our Lord about it. Talk to him. Tell him what that means to you and what but it all means what it might mean to him talk to him and that's what we call prayer and then after that period of time when you're through reading again pray to the Holy Spirit and you might keep that little passage in mind for the rest of the day so read your sacred scripture and uh, once you begin to allow that the Word of God to Jesus to enter your heart and mind, you can't be the same again. You never will be the same again. So take a little time for yourself, and uh, I'd suggest one of the gospels if you have not read a gospel, read a gospel, take your time with it if you and And if you want an early catechism of the church, read the the First Epistle of James, the Epistle of James, that we'll read, that we have read today in this Mass. Now, um, when we look at the readings today, uh, there are lessons to be learned. and. this is, might be a little example of what we call lexio Divina, that is, holy reading. And that's what the Word of God is about, and that's what all the, uh, the liturgy is about, holy reading. So we come to the first reading, let's say, today, and we find that uh, the Spirit of God is not in the, the sanctuary, is not in the place of holiness, but it's out in the camp. And Moses says, wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody could be a prophet? Wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone would be filled with the Holy Spirit? And wouldn't that be wonderful if tonight the the Holy Spirit would just light up everyone in this tonight? I had a friend when I was working in the South for many years. Uh, his name was Dr. Bush. <laughs> and um, every time I go to a, a supermarket and I see Bush beans, I remember Dr. Bush. And he was a, a hard, raving Southern Baptist. And only if you lived in the South do you know what a A a, a tough Southern Baptist was, you know. They don't like Catholics, by the way. But every time I'd be with a sick person and Dr. Bush would be there, he'd pray with me. And uh, he was a wonderful man. And one day Dr. Bush decided that he had to do something. And so he gathered some nurses around him, some doctors, Catholics and Baptists and they went off to somewhere in Central America to care for the sick. That's the Spirit of God. A great example to all of us. I'll never forget him. He didn't like Catholics but uh, you know but he loved God. He loved Jesus. Now if we take the second reading uh, we find something in james that 's very tough. If you listen to that it 's not the nice reading. It has to do with riches it has to do with wealth and you know when we talk about riches and wealth, we mean our talents too it 's not only about millionaires and rich people it's it 's about what we do with our life and uh, I'd like to read you something that St. Basil wrote when he read this, okay? St. Basil was a great saint of the Church, and especially of the Eastern Rite. If everyone kept only what is necessary for ordinary needs, and left the surplus to the poor, wealth and poverty, would be abolished. The bread you store belongs to the hungry. The cloak kept in your closet belongs to those who lack clothing. The money you keep hidden away belongs to the needy. Thus you oppress as many people as you are in the position to help. That the message of James is that our gifts, our talents, our wealth is not ours. It belongs to God. We're custodians, and we are to take care of those who have less. It's a beautiful message, and by the way, I did look in my closet. And there's a few things I should give away. Now when we come to the Gospel, we come to something a little different. Uh, the, the, uh, the scholars tell us that this particular passage uh, are a group of sayings of Jesus that may have been written down or in oral tradition, probably written down. You know, someone writing something or remembered something of Jesus that he said. And we have to remember now that Mark is the earliest gospel. Huh? So uh, perhaps it's around year 70. So somewhere be- before that, Mark took this oral tradition or these written words, and then as an author of a gospel, he used it for a purpose to teach. Now, what was he speaking about when he said, pluck out your eye, cut off your hand? He was speaking of the human heart. Because it's only in the human heart that malice, and lust, avarice, hatred, jealousy and envy is born. And we have to be relentless in purifying the heart, allowing Jesus to come into our heart so that Jesus may live in us, and that we might live in Him. Now I'd like to go back to something. Remember a couple of weeks ago there was a gospel where they said, who do you say that I am? Remember that gospel? And some said, well, you're John the Baptist, and some said, well, you're Elijah. And some said, maybe one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Messiah. You are the Christ. Now, each one of us. When we're nourished by the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we offer ourselves on the altar, the continual sacrifice of Christ on the cross we have to answer that personal question, who do you say that I am? Who do you say? My Lord, my Redeemer, eternal truth, one who loved me so much he died for me? You know, Gerard Memling Hopkins in a beautiful poem, Yezu, Yesu, Jesus, so much in love with me. Each one of us can say that. Yesu, Yesu, so much in love with me. So we have to give it a personal answer and not only by our words but the way we live, by the way we live, by our way of life. We are called to follow him. We are called to walk with him. We are called to carry the cross with him. We are called to open our hearts the possibility of losing our life in order to gain it, we are called to nothing else but a perfect response to the love of God. That's who we are. And we're being called each day of our life in what we do, what we say how we treat other people, how we use our talents and gifts? Do we bring kindness to the world? Do we bring reconciliation? Do we bring a spirit of love, gentleness? What words pass our lips? Do we hoard, keep, and live in ourselves, selfish, self-centered people? Or do we live Christ that gives us freedom, that gives us happiness, that gives us peace the world can never, never give us? We have to think about that tonight. He's so good to us, and he loves us so much. How can I respond? What can I give? What can I give? God bless you.